0: A city of justice, a city of love, a city of peace for every one of us. We all need it, can't
1: live without it. A Gotham City oh me. Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. You can check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many great Batman podcasts. This is Josh, and joining me this week is.
2: Uh, I'm back, all you pigs in human clothing. What?
0: Oh my gosh, no one's going to get that kill a kill reference. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Give me a break. I, 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 am, uh, I am Donovan.
0: And uh, I am Stella, so I've I'm still here.
1: <laughs> yeah, Stella never left, unlike Don, who like you know supposedly went skiing in North Carolina with Bruce in a chateau for weeks.
2: I did. I was I was in Carolina. Uh, I, I was I was at this wedding and I saw Stella there randomly. I don't know why she was there. And um, I I, <laughs> I later found a lady friend and we got into some fun business. But then I was beset oh by. Sean Pertwee and Davi Mazows and I saw the look and here I am now to talk about the episode that I was actually in although you don't see me
1: yeah it's your fault that all the bad stuff happened while you were gone while you were gone Liza died and Nurse Dorothy died their blood is on your hands because you weren't here to stop it
0: you make it sound like Nurse Dorothy was a um, main character
1: she was for like one episode <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. just like the uh, Warden
1: of Arkham we, we
0: didn't even have any emotional connection to her
2: Or Liza. (laughs)
1: Liza. (laughs) The bad actress that was Liza. How long have you known Fish Mooney? Uh, I, I, Harry and I, I haven't.
2: (laughs) Uh, I I would just like to say, because we're we're not going to take too much time on this, but I have, despite my absence in the last two two recording podcast episodes, I have Keeping Up With Gotham. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to this episode, because I actually thought the last two episodes were Pretty bad, so uh, it'll be, I think this episode brings up some good discussion. So I made sure that I was able to uh, record with you guys tonight. All right,
1: so this episode is called "Welcome Back, Donovan Grant." Oh yes, um, or um, uh, in, in some alternative cities, they called the episode "Welcome Back, Jim Gordon." And in it, uh, Jim decides to shake down the narcotics division because he thinks that you know they're covering up one of their own murders. And then, in the process of that, they've murdered a witness as well. so now there's two murders, and Jim is a little hot-headed about it, so he gets a little help from his feathered friend and But at what cost? Meanwhile, shipping galore, um, Bruce is reunited with Selena, who rips out his heart and throws it against a wall as it lands in the trash
2: <laughs> and, in red color letters
1: yeah but but would you believe in this episode, Edward Nigma? Has better luck in the romance department than young Bruce Wayne does. As even though the card that he gives Miss Kringle is ridiculed and made fun of, Miss Kringle later takes him aside and apologizes about the ribbing from you know the from the seniors of the class, and says that she thought that the card was nice, but warns him not to say anything else. Um, also in this episode, Peng- Penguin's mom gets drunk, dances around Penguin's club. Huh, before before she's taken home, you know, and Fish Mooney, who has escaped from her torturing thanks to the tele- thanks to the teleporting powers of Metahuman Bush. Oh, but
2: uh, I, I, I want to so explain that because things are looking bad for Fish. She's she's being trapped by this not Mr. Zazz torturer guy. Luckily for her, Butch, the right hand man that she's been having this entire this entire uh, uh, series, is a Super Saiyan because he teleports outside of the the truck somehow. We don't see this happen. Grabs one of the henchmen, says, "Where's the tr- uh, Where's Fish?" <laughs> And, um, you know, brings her to safety because every one of her henchmen had, were summarily killed, except for this guy, which is mightily convenient.
1: Penguin narrowly escapes death by them, thanks to the rescuing of Mr. Zazz. And his flag um, Yeah. But Butch is not rescued, so we don't know if he's alive or dead, but Fish gets out of there. And Bullock, you know, takes her to the, to, to the end of a pier and says, never come back to Gotham. <laughs> um, n- not quite like that, but basically, you know, Bullock is helping her leave town and, um... And he promises her that he will help, you know, find Butch, whether Butch is alive or dead. And that was this week's Gotham.
2: What is? They kiss. He he goes, "Was it all a lie?" And she's like, "I love you, Harvey. I never lied about that." And then she flies away, and as a tear falls down his face, he's like, "I love you too." And we never see fish again.
1: What is? Is that one of your (laughs)
2: animus with Stella? That's Justice League season two finale. Okay, (laughs) I was about to say.
0: Star crossed.
2: Because that's oh Jada Pinkett Smith has wings on her back.
1: That explains so much. So this episode, what did we think of it?
2: Uh, I don't want, okay, um, I thought that. Okay, um, it was referenced in the last episode. I really, I have real problems with uh, the fact that we see fish uh, still alive at the beginning of this episode because. Falcone made clear last episode that, you know, I can forgive betrayal. I don't know why, but I do. But you insulted my sainted mother, and he kills Liza on the spot. And he's killed all of her henchmen. I don't understand why we're, she's given this, like, Batman 66 death to so she can escape from. And granted, she, she would not have escaped on her own esteem, but the fact that she did it all, it, I, I thought it was just really, really frustratingly lazy storytelling. And I think that, like, the episode as a whole was interesting to watch, but the developments weren't where I wanted them to be. That being said, I thought a lot of the acting really made this uh, watchable for me, especially Ben McKenzie. Um, I, just, I, just, I was really engr- engrossed by what was going on with, with Gordon, and um, especially by the end, which we'll talk about. Like, I thought that like, the acting really made it worthwhile, whereas the script, I think, kind of let the actors down.
0: Again, you know, Jim Gordon's really the one who's carrying this show, uh, I feel, and, and, you know, him and and Bullock and what they're doing, and I almost wish it were, even though we are inundated with many of them, I almost wish it were just a police procedural, and it was just basically Batman Year One, which is a.k.a. Jim Gordon Year One, and just following him along. Uh, I, I loved this particular episode mainly because of, Even though I think it's been a running theme, the fact that obviously there is corruption in GCPD, and yes, we have Jim Gordon as that one who's fighting against it, and and I think slowly Harvey is coming over to that side. I think that this was a really big push in the direction of how Jim can potentially be a leader, and now he's starting to convince other people. And there are several scenes, I think. I I think perhaps one of my favorite ones was uh, finally... You know, he asks for help for, you know, the officers to back him up. And the last time he did this, no one helped him. They all left. Even though he's, like, shouting, what are you... Yeah. But well, Zaz didn't say
1: please. Yeah, I know.
0: But this time they actually back him up, and even the captain, which I I think was a very big moment for her, she being the one to actually arrest him. So I I really liked that storyline. The Bruce Wayne storyline, superfluous, certainly. I guess you know it's been a couple episodes, so, so perhaps they thought we need some face time with him. But really, there was zero progression. I felt like it was the exact same thing where he's very kind to Selena. Selena accepts this kindness for a short while, and then buffets him. And it's like she's overly mean in order for whatever reason that she's deciding to, to do it this week. So same old, same old really no purpose. The fish, I uh, it was a little too easy, I think, for her to get out of you know what happened. However, I do like the fact that Butch was the one like he has stuck by her. And, and you know, a couple episodes ago we were wondering, what are his true motives? What, what does he? really want when he ended up killing his best
1: friend he feels bad because he took the best cannolis when he and fish robbed the store so that's why the, he's loyal um,
0: so anyways so you know what his true motives are i think that he genuinely genuinely cares for her and and to see him you know go he's probably dead but perhaps he's not uh that was sad so i think those were the strongest moments but now you know we've got penguin beat up i i i was sad about that i'm sure we'll talk about that but just him groveling which i guess you know he plays how he needs to play he he certainly adapts to the situation but to see him going from hard fast and and almost being a conqueror and i almost want him to call it the iceberg lounge to uh,
1: oh my god he was so I close I was to, yeah fish to, to had to wait like two and, seconds
0: yeah to, to groveling and kissing her f- feet i thought oh man is this you know we're back to square one
2: so. did not like that either but
0: overall i mean i, I like i uh, yeah i think the jim gordon stuff was was the best i think there is room to improve with the fish though there were some po- positive moments
1: um i saw this one at the gym for those keeping up you know not not at a rest stop or anything sure like taking, that Taking
0: uh, notes in their journal
1: I think I should do, like, a, at the end of the season, do, like, a graph of, like, all, all the different, like, ways I've watched the show. Uh, so last week,
0: Will we had a pie a f-
1: graph, a pie graph um, full of calories. Last week, we had a few cliffhangers. One was Falcone saying, like, you've reawakened me. Like, now I'm back and badder than ever. So that's going on. You also have, you know, Lee, you know, um, a co- sexually accosting Gordon in uh, the locker room. You know, that that's a cliffhanger. Going oh, yeah. on. And then Maroney, you know, he's like, Hmm, I think my little dishwasher may be working for Falcone. That's a cliffhanger. And then Barbara Keene, you know, having a weekend at her wacky parents' house. So of those four cliffhangers, none of them were followed up on. I could care less about the Barbara Keene one. But um it's it's kind of surprised like you don't even see, you know, Lee. I mean, I guess Gordon like sent her home, but like You know, Bullock's like, hey, I heard you got caught with Dr. Tompkins in the locker room. He's like, oh, no, that was strictly business. Like, what – has anyone had strictly business go on in a locker room when they've hooked up with someone? But regardless, it's like, wasn't she – isn't this taking place like mere minutes later? Um, But overall, I liked the episode despite you know some of the plot lines from the previous week being dropped. Like Stella, I thought that – and Don, really. I thought that Fish – should have been tortured longer, especially after, like, they built it up in the promo.
2: Seven minutes. Yeah. Or just her, just her, like, you know, in a bag, like, it's like number eleven saying, Is that all you got? And then, like, she's gone.
1: Yeah, I, and I said last week I wanted there to be consequences for what happened to her. And it's – she just got away, you know, too easily. Uh but the, the best thing about the episode for me is this was a good Jim Gordon episode, and my favorite scenes of the episode were all Jim Gordon stuff, including like that final scene and the look on his face when he realizes that even though he won, it was at a great cost. So mm-hmm. that's a, you know that saved the episode for me for being a letdown. So then go, going from there to just, you know, our thoughts on various parts of the episode, my question for both of you, how the heck did Butch get out of that truck?
2: Uh, convenient for the plot, because they show him tied, like 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 handcuffed to the top where his hands are at the top of the truck, top, top of the truck ceiling inside. Then they turn around and he's gone. What the hell? I I, I Okay, first of all, why isn't he killed? Uh, uh, where all the other henchmen are? Why, why do they you know take special care for him? Because of the plot. Besides the, I mean, but like if if we're going to ask this question, we should probably examine you know how it fails to address the plot's requirements. Secondly, you know he's, he's, you know, he's a big guy. He's fairly portly. You know, I would imagine he would mix... He's a butch guy. Eh, well, he's, he's a man, so he's, he's a big, burly, brusque, masculine creature. Um, you know, he just really, like, where is Fish Mooney? As though he's intimidating. And, I, I, okay, I, I would much rather have seen Fish escape on her own esteem rather than, like, you know, having her henchmen implausibly escape his own death trap because, I don't know, I... I have so many problems with that. Like, I I, I would have rather Falcone, like, tortured her himself because it was so personal, rather than, you know, just leave it to one of his many henchmen. That, to me, felt like it, it made the whole thing almost impersonal because Falcone is not really that mainly seen of a character. I mean, we see him, but, you know, he's not often showcased besides uh, the previous episode. So I feel that, like, it would have it would have been interesting to see these two characters who are personal to each other interact. But now we got to see another another wacky, like, you know, neocortex-looking guy take his time. And, you know, nothing much happened to her. So, uh, not a fan.
0: I don't think really he's that type of guy, though, to get his hands dirty with this sort of stuff. Um, I, I think the closest... Tell that to Liza... Well, I was going to say the closest thing I think we've seen him, and that was very personal because that was an affront to him and, and his mother as well. And so he he got, took care of it. But, I mean, everything else was, I mean, in, in a way it was all penguin, you know, you want to deal with fish, then deal with her, but get her out of my sight situation. And, you know, he's got underlings. That's what they're for. So he doesn't really, I think, need to involve himself in that. Um,
2: a little bit more interesting to watch though, personally.
0: Perhaps I think it would have been dangerous, just because you can't. I I think if that were the situation, fish should not have come out alive. And I don't (laughs) think they're willing. I don't think they're willing to kill her off yet. Uh, As for the Butch, I mean, it doesn't make sense. There's really no way around that. I mean, he killed the drivers and he got out somehow. But uh, I
1: I could Butch be a metahuman?
0: I don't think that's it. But I, I do think that perhaps he is underestimated as just being this this flunky of Fish, and so uh, down their guard.
2: I kind of want to, you know, uh, make it clear for people who care to know my clarity of opinion. But like, I I don't. I, I actually kind of like Bush as a character. And when it comes to Fish, I said this before. Like, you know, I really like Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, acting of her. I think she's a very entertaining actress. I think she's the hammiest of all the, of all the actors. Maybe maybe not Penguin, but uh, like she's entertaining to watch. But the, the situations where they write these two characters, like, it, it, it always goes beyond logic to where like, it doesn't, it kind of makes me annoyed. And I feel that, like, while I'm not begging for the character to die, if she's going to survive, I want it to, I want it to be earned and plausible. Not just, you know, we can't kill her because she, she signed a contract. I mean, okay, if, if Alconia is the kind of guy who doesn't want to get his hands dirty, you know, I, I feel that, like... Uh, I just, I just knew that like the moment we saw Butch, you know, he was going to get out of that. And that's just by the way they shot it. I, and I I just, I feel that like there's so little justification for these characters s- still breathing by the end of this episode that it really kind of like paints a black spot over all their scenes. Every time you see them. what do you think, Josh?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just swallowing what you said. And I'm thinking about something that Stella said earlier too. When Stella was talking about her thoughts about the overall episode, you know, she said, um, I'm saying she as if, like, she's not, like, right next to me right now uh, looking at me, like, with her arms crossed. Uh, That the Bruce storyline had, like, no progression. You don't think that um, Selena, like, saying, I didn't see, you know, the face of your parents' killer. You you didn't think that that was progression and Bruce getting his heart broken and being more determined than ever.
0: But Uh, the reason why I say it's – yes, that certainly is a development in the fact that she – she could be – well, frankly, I didn't really think that she knew too much about it anyways. But clearly, it's very forced upon us that she's lying here. But I still somewhat don't –
1: Well, Is she, she lying about lie. lying? Like, I'm, I'm confused.
0: Yeah, well, who knows? My thing is that it's the same old, same old where he's, like, giving her himself to a certain extent and trying to be friends, offering something. She accepts it for a brief moment. But thing Then he reaches out a little too much, and she can't handle that. Probably because of just, you know, being raised and.
1: Because he took pity on her. of What? Because he took pity on her, like, that was the moment that her attitude changed.
0: Yeah, and that's what happens all the time. And then she pushes back. That's what I mean. That's the same. It's the same musical chord that is being played. All, I mean, some of the notes may shift, but it's it's the same thing that's played.
2: I kind of wanted them to reference the kiss, because that was the last time they saw each other, and it's almost like they, they didn't happen. And, I, and I, I think that's probably a pity kiss more than anything else, but... Um, that's clearly why Bruce Wayne reached out to her in that way to kind of show affection without, like, you know, he's a kid, so he doesn't know how exactly how to do so. And she's, you know, misprideful. So she says, Look, kid, I was lying the entire time. He, he could have said, You were lying, but you kissed me. Like, I think that would be a, a, a logical thing to say. But, like, uh, they kind of just ignore that and have I mean it's it's funny that like she always like you know enters the, the the house the exact same way. Like you think Alfred would learn by the sixth time but
1: Because yeah. the <laughs> that way they, they don't have to use like a different piece of set. Like the only time I remember the front door is um the time when um the assassin came in.
2: I remember the first episode where like we see Bruce Wayne trying to commit suicide and uh we first see Alfred. Like naughty butt down here. Yeah, yeah. Oi. Um I feel that like it, it what you say, Josh? It progresses a subplot, but it doesn't. It's, a, it's such a minuscule kind of scene that. Not, it, an,
1: it, but it doesn't emotionally progress. Is that what you and Stella are saying?
2: Well, it, it doesn't feel that like there was much progression when you do it like in a two-minute scene. It, it almost feels like you know they're doing, they're knocking it off a checklist, and I mean I, I always like Bruce Wayne scenes. Uh, but like this one, this one didn't have, it didn't have enough weight to feel like you, that you actually saw progression. It was almost like, you know, blinking to miss it. If you, if you know what I mean, if you know what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, express that. Um, yeah, I mean, I,
1: I thought that it had a lot of weight because of like, you know, just the last time you have seen him this emotionally devastated was, you know, when his parents died. I mean, he, he was more devastated then obviously, but like. This is the lowest that we've seen him since then because he had this glimmer of hope, you know, that like, okay, my, you know, we can catch the killer, we have this lead, and he just basically found out that, like, in addition to this girl being mean to him, like, that's partially what's gotten him sad, but also like the loss of hope of finding his parents' killer, like, that's what, like, you know, completely devastates him to the point where, like, you know, he's sitting there crying, and Alfred's like, oh, look at the little baby. You want me to get a broom for you, Master Bruce? <laughs> yes,
2: Alfred. <laughs> uh, that was a little interesting. Um,
1: I- it's consistent with this version of Alfred who, like, takes Bruce to Tommy Elliot's door <laughs> to, like, almost kill him.
2: Yeah, this, this is this – uh, he's, he's a lot – I don't know if they, they specifically looked at this, but he is – he reminds me the most of the uh, Earth – what was that, Jeff John's story? is Earth, Earth One? One? Yeah,
1: Earth I think One's a lot of people two. have said that. I think that's been like a very consistent um, observation across the because board.
2: The snooty Butler, as much as we like that f- f- version of the character, I suppose, isn't that effective uh, most of the time. You know, unless like he's doing like Oracle stuff or whatever. But like, if Bruce is a kid, you kind of want like more of a badass to go go for it.
1: Do we think that Selena's line
2: about line? I never, thought, I never bought the idea that she saw the guy's face because I don't remember her seeing that, seeing his face.
0: I didn't trust her necessarily. However, in how it was uh, portrayed, delivered in this particular thing, it seems like she's lying.
1: Right. Uh, it's weird because in that, because I remember in like um, the third episode where she's like, "Yeah, you know, I saw his face. You know, I can see in the dark." And then we have the sketch artist. I was wondering. <laughs> I think
0: she said, "I can see in the
1: dark." No, I remember because like Gordon because that's what she said to Gordon like she said it like I can see in the dark. Remember when like he handcuffed her and he and then uh, he went in the sewer. Like a fool, like a fool. <laughs> well, he doesn't know that she's going to grow up to become Catwoman. Um, if he knew how everyone was going to grow up, like man, you know, he's like I'm working with the Riddler.
0: He would probably put them all in Arkham.
1: <laughs> Who surgically removes his onions <laughs> from his takeout?
0: I thought – when he was doing that, I thought to myself – What a nerd. I think that – well, when you didn't know what it was, when it zoomed in, I thought, that looks like spaghetti. I wonder if he's picking (laughs) stuff out of his food. I thought that was funny.
1: That was my favorite line of the episode, especially like the uptight way he delivers. Like – like uptight but like casual at the same time like i'm removing the i'm surgically removing the onions from my takeout
2: hey, Stella, like, can i ask you a question because uh, i don't i do not remember from the last couple of episodes what is your opinion on the whole uh riddler miss kringle plot
0: yeah. <laughs> what's my <laughs> thought on it um To a certain extent, I think Riddler is like he's cute, as in like, oh, you know, isn't that darling? I do. Uh, as I'm watching him, I uh, you also somewhat like you sympathize towards the character because I do feel like he's he's got um, a social disability of some sort. Uh, however, even though like it's it's very hard for people with social social disabilities to. I mean obviously their normal is very different from our normal and it's hard and you can you know you can't necessarily change that the way he comes on to Miss Kringle is um it's very heavy and so I feel I feel for her and so I was and I think there were moments in the previous episode where like once he solved the riddle of the the bullet and the cupcake that a dangerous thing is a beautiful woman, uh, and you saw her smirk for a moment. I think there are some things that she finds endearing, but it's just too much and uh and, and it's awkward. I think I talked about this I'm sorry with somebody no, I remember talking about awkward situations on oh, it was my own show where I talked about uh dagger type being up there, and like you can you like you feel awkward while you're reading this. Uh, you know, because everyone else in, in the situation is like, what's going on? And I also feel awkward watching these moments just because I think it's hard. It's very hard for Miss Kringle to, I think, be kind, but not be uh, welcoming of this. And there's like that tough line, which I think is very, uh, it's epitomized in that last scene with them where she apologizes and then he wants to say something. She's like, no, that's... That's it, because yeah. she wants to show kindness, but at the same time, she doesn't want that kindness to be uh, recognized as something else. So it's it's a very tough relationship. I think it's very interesting, and I also think that in a certain way, without them naming anything, that they could potentially show a piece of uh, of the world, like of the population, that people don't normally – see. I mean, this could be me reading into it, but there's a character on uh, an FX TV series called The Bridge and she clearly has as burgers she and, and I feel like that's I think that's awesome because that's something you know we've brought in the the gay population, and of course you know there are more there's just diversity everywhere, and I think this is something we've not seen before so i I very much welcome it, however, it's still very uncomfortable <laughs> to watch and and I don't ship them at all, and I think it's just going to be increasingly hard um as the season progresses for her to be kind, but you know. Say, "Hey, I reject your feelings," and for him to not be hurt. I feel like there's going to be a snapping point at some point, but I don't know who is going to snap.
2: It almost is like uh, cool. It's it's almost like um, her rebuffing of his advances. It's almost like he seems to forget each time that she doesn't like him. But like, it's kind of like you're just seeing a gradual origin story because he's constantly like you know giving his classic riddles to her. She doesn't care, and. I know, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to the comics, but like, you know, his need to impress people, his like, sort of like, uh, cause abil- the really I think, I think actually has like ex- extreme, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. I think that's like, mm-hmm. actually like his, like, like his mental illness, um, <laughs> before you get to the characters with mental illnesses, but I think that like, that's a thing with, with him that they're playing up and it can lead, it, it can expand from this one woman to like, you know, all of Gotham or whatever. And so, because at, at first I thought, like, you well, know, this, this is a pointless storyline. I don't know why they keep on doing this. But if you're going to have Riddler in there and not have people make fun of the fact that you just want to have Riddler in there for no reason, build him up. I think that this, this is actually like a, a fairly gradual, almost a subtle way of building him up without, you know, giving him the mask and green jacket. So I was just I was curious. Uh, what about you, Josh? What do you, what do you mean? Well,
1: we have to remember, too, with her that, like, in the first episode that we saw her in, he, he did, like, go through her personal, like, office area and rearrange her whole filing system. Like, and it's not like he has to use her filing system.
2: Wait, wait, I, I never once, like, you know, or meant to imply that, like, uh, he is completely sympathetic because oh no
1: no no i'm not saying that you guys are saying that but just like where she's coming from right like and and why she's a little resistant towards him is like we do have to remember that like this is a guy that even though like he doesn't have to use her filing system because she works in records and he doesn't he will like go into her space and rearrange her stuff and i remember in that episode he kind like she kind of implied that he does this thing often So that kind of explains her attitude towards him. Like, you know, that plays into it a lot, you know, more so than, like, leaving bullets with, you know, cupcakes with bullets
2: in them. Well, she finds out that, like, Edward Nibber isn't even his real name. (laughs) (laughs) Bruto. I found –
1: I found – I said last week that I enjoy the Miss Kringle moments, but I feel like they can only do them in these episodes a few more times without progressing it because – it's the same story beat each time. And this was just like last week. Include like with, um, you know, he's kind to her. She's a little flattered. Then like, you know, the, the, the football team and the seniors are all like laughing. We,
2: we're right, it's just Flas.
1: Yeah, Flas Thompson, you know, like.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah, you know, Flash Thompson's like, ha ha, Roger Dodger, what a dweeb. Like that happened like this week and last week. So. Last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was the cop that um uh where really? where, where, where she said yeah well, wasn't he the cop that said like thank you he's so weird and he was yeah. in the cast list for last week so but I mean it's luckily we had that ending where like you know we do get that little moment between them so I feel like this wasn't a complete copy of last week and it's also saved because there was that line about surgically removing onions. Uh, that that made the episode for me as well as the Jim Gordon. You trying to get her the
2: cold shoulder too, which was which was cute.
1: Yeah, and honestly, um, we need more original characters in this show because as much as I love seeing these mythology characters, like I was thinking about the other day, like we know what's going to happen to Maroni and like Two Faces' origin. So Marone you know, he might go somewhere, but he's always going to end up right back where he was. You know, nothing can really happen to Falcone. Nothing can really happen to, like a lot of these characters. So, yeah. the more and more original characters they introduce, the more it'll like help build the suspense for the show. You know, we need for every you know uh, you know John and Mary Grayson, who I guess are coming to the show, <laughs> to John Chagrin. Like you know, we need the, our Liza's and our um, and our Butches and our Miss Kringles. So that was okay with me. But uh, we we mentioned Flash. Well, we got we got our year one character Flash fully clothed this time. What do we think of? And he doesn't
2: look like um, what's his name from Batman eighty uh, nine, Eckhart. Because in Batman in Batman Begins, he looks exactly like Eckhart. In the comics, he looks like uh, you tip your basic crew cut. Thug. I completely
1: forgot that he was in Batman Begins.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's why I liked him so much. Uh, only because of him.
0: I'm still trying to figure out his haircut. Seems like it's kind of a mullet, but you never know. It's kind of longer in the back there. Um, what do I think about him? Well, he's basically—he's basically a jerk. And I mean, that's the role he plays. He's a dirty cop. He plays it well. I—I I, I think the big thing is uh, building up and and just giving an origin to the animosity between Jim and Flass. However, I think now we really are reaching a point where we need to separate this show from um, actual Batman continuity, because I think that if you think about this being their, like, first interaction, then how in the world are they even in the place they're in in Batman Year One? Uh, Because I feel like it would be, going from this progression, they, yeah, there wouldn't even be, they would not be able to stand in the same room. But, of course, he gets beat up, so I guess that works.
1: Well, and how would he still be a cop?
0: Yeah, so... Because uh, Gordon says see.
1: like th- th- this is at least twenty years or something when he when he puts the ice pick.
0: Oh yeah, something like that. I'm sure he'll get out somehow. But yeah, I uh, you know I'm glad. I, I think in a, in a way we needed this to serve as a catalyst to start really uh, cleaning up GCPD and getting people on Gordon's side. And I, I think. Uh, So, you know, he was the fall guy for that because finally people understood that this is a bad thing. When an innocent man who trusted the badge gets killed, you know, people finally realized that this was too far so it was necessary, certainly, and, and he played his character well, that he was a jerk, and, and I didn't like him. So now he's away, but I'm sure we'll see him again. I like how he kept saying, I've got connections, you can't do this to me. And then so, Essen um, finally
1: says, shut up.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what his connections are if they'll pop up.
1: Um, Stella, um, at the very end, when Flask gets arrested, who had Gordon's back?
0: Um, The uh, the
1: Young to Say what?
0: Sarah Essen,
1: Sarah Essen. Where where was Lee during that scene?
0: Why would she even be in that scene?
1: She was waiting for Jimmy. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, why would she have Gordon's back? That's true. Okay. And where was Barbara during that scene?
0: You're making some sort of fallacy. This is. I'm making. trying to point yes. out you're, That when, you're, you're that when Gordon way needed way backup. Gordon you can't needed do backup. This. No, no, no. No. I don't and Essen was
1: there. Give me no Lee. No. No keen, just Essen. Because Only would one who had dis-
0: sense for the other two to be in there. You are arguing. What Lee argument, was showing no. up like You are not. Li- ar- nope. This is not She's a still in that
1: locker argument. room waiting for Gordon to come back. Break. <laughs> okay, uh. whatever.
0: Your shipper is still wrong and your argument
1: My shipper is, is still wrong. wrong. You know, let, let me show you a little comic called Batman Year 1.
0: Hey, let me tell you a little something about continuity not being the same.
1: <laughs> okay. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> these be fighting words
2: <laughs>
0: donovan <laughs> comes on I leave we <laughs> <Sorry sighs> through the back
2: door I actually didn't have much to say about flash because the he, it was almost like a basic name we've had like jerky policemen before and they weren't named after anybody we have flash here and he's immediately arrested I agree with Stella because it's like you know okay mm-hmm. Flash Flash is an interesting character. He's actually a very gold mine- He's a great character to mine for this type of show, and it could be a nice foil for Bullock and Gordon. And they arrest him. That's kind of a waste. It's like in the Flash, where like you know they've they've kept some some villains, but other villains like a uh, Plastique or whatever, they just kill off after the first appearance for no real reason. And it's like you know, uh, I understand that they're not doing a straight up adaptation of Batman Year One because hey, Bullock is here, but. Um, I feel that like having a having a character who was pretty important in, in Batman Year One, and it was if it wasn't for Batman Year One, Gotham would not, would not exist. This show, in terms of like how it's being presented, and for that kind of character to be introduced here almost as a throwaway was kind of a misstep. I I liked the cops rallying towards him because I was actually I, I was honestly like, thinking to myself, if these cops don't rally under Gordon this time, I will be too through, I will, I will be fit to be because I I didn't buy it the last time because it was so cartoonish but like um i did like that moment but i feel that like like i wish it were somebody else but flash because i feel that there was he had a lot more mileage and they kind of wasted him in that one in that instance the with the cops
1: rallying towards him like we've been warned that there's consequences and um essen even says to him like you know we've tried before and we had to learn the hard way and now because essen was the one that put the handcuffs on him as opposed to gordon i'm wondering now if in the next few episodes like Essen is going to get consequences for this. Like, I don't think they'll kill her off because we haven't gotten up to No Man's Land yet, you know. But Estella said, "Continuity. What's that?"
2: No, um, she's shipping Leslie Tompkins and Jim Gordon. There is no continuity. There's only fan fiction.
1: <laughs> don't call it fan. She's going to kill you now.
2: She, can, she can't hear me.
1: It's gonna be the two of you next week. You guys gotta like you you can't hate each other, you know, until last next week so
2: on the next recording of Gotham Chronicle. Can Don and Stella put aside their differences and, and record an episode without driving each other insane? The answer is no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so yeah, I mean I don't think they're gonna kill Essen and I hope that they don't, but I I'm wondering if like something's gonna to happen to her. Um, like, if we'll see some consequences, well, you know, I'm why, why,
0: why they... gonna turn into a white blonde. That's the consequence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look what they did to me, Gordon. Why are you yeah. looking at me like that? Think of her as a cop. Think of her
2: as a but cop. Why, why, why would they kill s and leave Gordon alive when s is a higher rank and it means more if she would die? Just send a message to Gordon. But why would they just kill Gordon? That's a... <laughs> <laughs> because,
1: because show? Show.
2: Sure. It makes sense. Well, like,
1: and they can't, I mean, if they, they'll send them to Arkham, next time someone takes my badge, I'll shove it up their butt.
2: He didn't say that, he said that
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know, I'm, I I just always, like, speak in nanny speak, but, like, when I'm around the kids and everything I say, like, ha- has to be, like, filtered, including, like, kids
2: <laughs> can say, like, like, gnarled teeth, like, you know, to take this and shove it, lobe. Yeah, well, and Loeb, you know, because, of, because it's a television show, it doesn't say, you're fired, but whatever.
1: <laughs> well... They 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 can't make him a martyr or something like that. I don't know, but um, I but that scene with Gordon rallying the cops that was good. It was. I feel like we had a moment like this though in the Black Mask episode with like Bullock when he's like, "Come on, you guys, you know, we need to help Gordon." Although like th- this was a little different. It was kind of in that same spirit. So there's only so many times that we can do scenes of like you know the cops realize that Gordon was right all along. But it it worked for me in this case, and
2: um, I think there's only so many times that you can show that like the police are completely ineffectual because if it's not for Gordon, all these cops don't get anything done. They're all cowards. They're all spineless, and they're all corrupt. And I know, I know that like Gotham City in the comics has, has become this like you know caricature of itself, but it, seeing it live action stretches credibility. And I wish they kind of just, just focused on like the mob and its hold on Gotham City rather than. The police showed you blow.
1: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that'll be in, like, the next seasons or something. But um, I do love how you see every, like, all the cops, like, gather around, like, watching, like, you know, this show as it's happening. Like, in, including, like, you know, uh, Kringle and Nigma. Like, everyone is there except for, you know, the, the conspicuously absent Christmas Allen and Renee Montoya. we
2: have never seen Christmas Allen, like, since... Like, like, Christmas
1: uh, Allen? Probably. Like, I am very disappointed in that, like... We've seen him like three times since the pilot, if that.
2: How dare they do that to the Spectre?
1: <laughs> well, and, and and I've all and I've also complained that the show is too crowded, so like it's like, you know, I, I, I can't have it both ways, but.
2: but where is Montoya these days, if if uh, Barbara King left her? What is she doing? She,
1: she's calling up her old friend Maggie Sawyer.
2: Hey. <laughs> I'm actually trying. I
1: don't think Maggie Sawyer and Renee Montoya ever had a thing but they both did with Kate Kane ironically enough. oh that's where Renee Montoya is she's she's with she's with Kate Kane that's <laughs> why she dumped Barbara oh, she's
2: with Kate Kane in her penthouse apartment cuz we know that Kate Kane's loaded too right yeah <laughs> but she wasn't uh, 52 well, Kate Kane
1: like texted like you know Montoya saying sup and then like as soon as Montoya got that text she's like oh I got to get rid of Barbara. Barbara, um, we're,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, drop, drop Barbara,
1: we're we're toxic together. Yeah, that's it. We're toxic together. So, um, you know, this is this is really hurting my recovery with K Kane. So, you know, um, I'll see you later.
2: <laughs> I like redheads. We all know that you won't be ever be a redhead, Barbara. What else do we have?
1: There's Penguin and you know shenanigans going on at he almost said Iceberg Lounge, but you know the return of Fish Mooney's bat, which like was, got me really awesome. excited. And she, she didn't use it.
2: Well, she did use it once. She she just uh, massage his shoulder briefly. Oh
1: yeah. That was worth the return of this bat from the pilot. Which, like, I was even looking through, like, old pictures on Jada Pinkett Smith's Facebook page, like, from Comic-Con. And, like, she posted a picture holding the bat saying, this is Fish Mooney's best friend. And I'm like, you know, for for her best friend, she sure has been neglecting it since episode one.
2: <laughs> In favor of Butch.
1: I was um very, like, angry when Penguin said, let's join forces together. You I was too. like, this guy cannot keep on teaming up with every single person who approaches well, I mean, him
2: like what 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 advantage does she have besides being in the room right now
1: right well and and that's why i'm glad she said no like it was in character for him to offer it because like whenever he's faced with death he all he always begs and like you know squawks like a chicken that's what he did to gordon like when gordon was walking him off the pier like i'll be your slave you'll need me there's a war coming oh
0: I mean, it's basically, like I said at the beginning, it's him adapting to any situation that he needs to, and I think he's able to do that. However, I I do think it's a weakness of his character, just because I I wish he would hold to his guns, but he just, uh, he's more of a groveling sort than, than one that stands up for himself but i'm sure even if he would have worked with fish that he would have found some way to to betray her yet again but that would have been <laughs> yeah. foolish of her to to accept it certainly and and i'm glad that she said it with such um uh oh, vigor i guess that's that's not necessarily the the word that i'm looking for but just you know why in the world would i work with you
1: I did like their conversation and how, like you know, she's like, "You're just an umbrella boy," and he's like, "You know what? I outfoxed you at every turn. I was working for Falcone the whole time, and you didn't realize it."
2: Well, I like I, I like when she again going back to the acting where she's like you know, like, you little uh, umbrella boy. made you. And she like there's a little like like uh like, like like the finger wave. I thought it was a like, really nice like physical acting, but um. Well, yeah, well, I like the fact that Penguin, like, like two turns on and says, you know, I was working for Falcone because, again, I, I, his whole, like, you know, kissing her feet. Oh, we could team up. He's like, dude, you you're you've not lost anything. All, all you've lost is, like, you know, your luster when she's here. She's not going to, like, okay, maybe she might kill you. But, like, you know. Always, he, oh,
1: yeah. He, I mean, you know, he's lucky he, you know, that Zash showed up. You
2: can always just run. Uh, I don't, well, I didn't, uh, yeah, but. but, but she, she didn't he, have a Gatling gun or anything. He he was
1: drunk. He was you drunk? Know what? He was? Yeah, uh, you didn't mm-hmm. see that montage of him
0: drinking. I thought that was and walking around the club and oh. tapping the bar. Oh everything. yeah!
2: For some reason, I thought it was afterwards. Yeah,
1: but but even if he wasn't drunk, like you know, I'm sure that Butch could have caught up with him. Like yeah, yeah he
2: could teleport easily.
1: <laughs>
2: the magical Butch. <laughs> uh well maybe he had zaz and his fly girls on speed dial which is how they got there so fast Uh,
1: it's so weird now that like every time zaz shows up he has like you know these putty patrollers with him now
2: (laughs) god Uh, (laughs) well like like, they look like lady gaga's like little monster backup dancers because they're always like these like fashionista jackets and haircuts like like,
0: why 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 Seemed, I was a little astounded that he seemed genu- genuinely concerned that that one got it.
2: Yeah, that was really out of character. <laughs> oh thought, wow! Okay. Why did he kill himself and just like carve his his hand just to just to keep score? But whatever.
1: Yes, I, I, I was waiting for him to do that. Like you know, especially after um he killed uh, Bob, you know the the torturer. Please. Yeah. Um, so, do we think that Butch is alive, or do we think that the writers have even decided if Butch is alive or not? Like, are they just
2: that's that's, that's, probably, that's probably the case? They're like, you know, well, let's see where this goes because you know Butch has, has miles and miles as a character. He likes to we- well, it's – we were joking
1: because um, the kid who I drive home from school and stuff, like we were discussing like the possibilities of Butch's fate and we like made Empire Strikes Back jokes. We're like that's how they're going to lure fish back to Gotham. Like she's going to be meditating on Dagobah and like be like, Butch, he's in pain. I must go save him. And then Yoda's going to be like, no, Fish Mooney, it's a trap.
2: <laughs> what what, what they about like, like him taking her to like an apartment and like you know doting over her like a loving friend or – or crush, or, um... I don't think he has
1: romantic designs on her.
2: I don't think so either. I think, I, I think there's there's a great respect and admiration for her. And it was kind of sweet seeing that, because I think Fish Mooney has legitimately been, like, shown to be pretty much cold-hearted towards everybody, so we... I, I, I'm glad that, like, the, the scenes of him with her had earned the scene at the end where she was, like, saying, if Butch is alive, take care of him. <laughs> that's how she talks. Not 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 like uh, that robot that you do all the time. <laughs>
1: not like Uma Thurman from Batman and Robin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Bane, darling, if Butch is alive, make sure you find him. As I told Lady Freeze when I
2: pulled her. Yeah, foot. that's just, just like you know, like, like, like I'll come back and I wanna kill that penguin. But if Butch is oh, alive,
0: yeah. I think I'd, I disagree with you about the romantic feelings. I think that while he probably does respect her. I think that he does actually have romantic feelings for her. Uh probably started somewhere in the past. But even with his interaction with um with Jim when they were at the crime scene, Jim had said, you know, are you okay about fish? I know that she's special for you. Well
2: and I don't he know he a butch, that. not a butch. I was, oh. Yeah, I was referring to Butch. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I
1: when you were saying that I was I was trying to think of like when Butch and, like, Gordon have, like, shared any dialogue?
2: Yeah, I, I think that, like, yeah, Bullock and Fish, mo- I, I think that's perfectly possible, which is, <laughs> all right. But, you
1: know, then that kiss that that Bullock and Fish shared, though, it was, like, it it was tender enough that it could have been a romantic kiss, but
2: it was, like... Certainly not outside the Roman possibility.
1: It, it, it could have almost been a grandma kiss. Granted, like, I will never kiss uh, my grandma that way. But, let's, let's, let's leave that there to hang <laughs> <laughs> Well no I, I would never kiss my grandma that way But it, it it could be argued That that wasn't a romantic kiss
2: Well it, it wasn't like this big open mouth Like you know sensual kiss But it was a kiss of like I sure am going to miss you And I hope you're keeping yourself safe On the lips <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for, for, yeah. For, for,
1: for a few seconds
0: For anyone well, who watches Sons of Anarchy It was very much a Gemma Gemma kiss because she enjoys kissing people on the mouth, whether they are male or female, and you oh, kind totally. of wonder what is in that kiss that she she does. What <laughs> it is. I well, just, I think there's a perp- There's there's a reason behind it when when uh, when that happens. I, I think there's a very particular reason. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, I, I think there is something there.
2: I think that like like a book is one of the few people that well, granted she tried to kill him, but like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that son of a
1: disrespected <laughs> me. <laughs> Hang him upside down and show him. His <laughs> that, that,
2: that was a great moment. But um.
1: and then, like in the second episode, she's like, "I regretted ordering you murder." Seconds after I did it, of course, I forgive you, darling.
2: And then, like you know, uh, in Penguin, is it Penguin's umbrella? Where he's, she's like, it's alive." <laughs> Her <dull> sad tones. <laughs> Uh.
1: Jeez. um there and there's an episode of friends which is now on netflix um coincidentally enough I can't wait. where um um chandler and monica they've like started seeing each other romantically and like they're keeping it a secret from everyone else and there's a scene where the group of them's together and chandler's leaving and he says goodbye to monica and he kisses her on the lips and he realizes oh gosh everyone just saw that so like to cover to it through. up He kisses everyone else, like, on the lips, too, to, like...
2: (laughs) What what is he, French? (laughs) Well,
1: they had just visited London, and that's the excuse he makes, that, like, you know, being in Europe, like, you know, brought this new habit out of him. And then they all have an intervention to him at the end. I I don't think that that has anything to do with... Well,
2: I think, like, it kind of plays into the whole mafia, old-timey respect thing, where, like... Because I've never kissed anybody on the lips... In a way that wasn't romantic, <laughs> or if I—what
1: about your parents when you were little?
2: Uh, no. Okay. uh, <laughs> it's never really forcefully, but like I mean, it's it's interesting because like like they're on opposite sides of the law. Um, she kind of reneged any respect he should have for her early on, early in the series. But they're still keeping loyal to this relationship that we didn't see before the series started. So it's 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 very odd, actually.
1: I think he has some reverence for her because, like, he's always spoken of her in very, like, respectful terms, even, like, when she's, like, tried to kill him. Like, he, you know, he, he respects her place, like, in the underworld and the hierarchy. I also thought it was an interesting parallel, as I joked about in, like, the fake little recap I did, how, like, in the first episode, Gordon, like, is at the pier with Penguin and helps Penguin disappear without anyone knowing. And now Bullock is helping Fish disappear without like anyone else knowing and do you think bullock's gonna tell gordon about this that he's like seen fish and helped her leave or is this gonna be bullock's secret
2: um well is fish because they were investigating her disappearance is fish has fish committed a crime that they're trying to she has but like um like if he tells her would that be like compromising anything? Besides, you know, but because like, Gordon could, would, wouldn't want to see her dead or anything.
1: I think he'd be afraid to tell Gordon because every time he tells Gordon something now, Gordon kind of like gets mad and tries to like do something about it. Like as we even see in this episode, he's like, "Hey, hey, I tell you things as like as 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 they come up, man." When they're in the diner that we haven't seen in the first since the first episode. I
0: can see um, Bullock using Jim to find Butch, though. And in that case, if he does use him, then uh, I think he does need to t- tell him uh, about fish. I also think, I bet, you know, there is a big history behind fish and, and Bullock, and, and I believe that probably Bullock knows the history of the wig and why uh, fish
1: Oh my, you and this wig! <laughs> <laughs> are you even being serious now?
0: I bet he knows. I was actually, once she was at the end of the dock and she's, you know, like pl- plotting her new life laying Well, I wanted her to take off her wig because I thought to myself, <sighs> people are going to know that you're a fish, so you need to remove that wig. And then whatever falls <laughs> falls down from from the wig. Well, so I'm ready to. What hear if she her
1: hides seat. out in a cabin with one with one neighbor named Amy Dunn?
2: Oh heavens! What if she's bald and gets her wigs from Lex Luthor? <laughs> but like um, the, but the thing is, is that Jada Pinkett Smith actually has like pretty long hair. So I'm wondering how she actually hides that spaghetti hair in that uh, in that like you know helmet hair wig. It's
0: called a a wig cap.
2: Oh, okay. I have it made a habit of them.
0: Yeah, you kind of shove it all in there, and then they put on a little silicone cap, and then they place the wig on. Do, do you think perhaps we should talk about the fact that Jim Gordon um enlists the help of Penguin? Yeah,
2: let's do that. And he wanted Penguin's help to find, what was it again?
1: He wanted, um, Jim Gordon went to Penguin to ask him um, to help like find some dirt on the narcotics division, because the narcotics, uh, division, cause the narcotics yep. division was up to no good. And Essen um, was telling him, like, everything that they would find, like, would not work. So he went to Penguin to try and find something concrete through Moroni's drug connections. Because Moroni does the drug trade.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I remember. <laughs> it took me a second.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So But uh, Gordon does, you know, go to Penguin for help. And I guess he was – I don't think he would have done that if he hadn't been as frustrated as he was. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hitting all these brick walls. Um, if anything, I would have liked to have seen more, you know, more reluctance in Gordon when he went to Penguin, like, you know, like, getting more of the sense that this is a last resort and he's desperate, like, I know that as an audience, but I wish that Gordon would have played the scene a little more that way.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's all in the fact that he's there, that you can tell how desperate he is. I don't know if he necessarily needed to be on his, you know, hands and knees begging, but just coming into that place and... you know asking for a favor which was huge just you know saying i need a favor and then you know saying what what are you going to ask in return? All of that was really big, and I think you could tell how much he was sacrificing and how desperate he was just from those things. Coming in, asking the favor, asking what he had to do in advance. Um, I, I like this weird relationship that we have between Penguin and Gordon. I think it's just so it's so strange uh, just with how it developed and something you would never see happening, like Alfred and Bane working together, which happened. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I very much, I liked it. Um, but I think it was the wrong play. Even though he was so desperate, I, I felt like this disaster is surely going to ensue. And especially when it took him a little while, he was very delayed in saying, but no one can get hurt. And I just thought, oh, no, something's going to happen because Penguin's going to help you out. But Penguin has his own means of getting that, and so do his flunkies. And there's no way that no one's going to to get hurt. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think we'll talk about that other part but uh, later. But I, I do like that he comes in here, and I think you can see the desperation uh, between the lines.
1: He was really creepy in that scene, too, like – the the way he's delivering those lines, like, oh, friends do favors for each other because they're friends.
2: Wanna? Like
1: <laughs> can he say that a little less creepily?
2: Who's creepier in this episode? Him or his mom? Oh, his That 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 got that that made my skin crawl. Oh.
1: <laughs> Especially that like weird like background music that's playing whenever she's around.
2: My son owns a globe. He owns a mansion. Oh palace. No, that was way too fast. She's, she's like he like oh such an important man. It's like Ugh. <laughs> That was actually very, very good acting, but like it, it did the job in creeping me out.
1: After Stella's theory last week, um about like the untimely death of Mrs. Cobblepot, like I was waiting for her to die like this episode.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, I, well, yeah, I wondered. Hey, if fish pops, then is she gonna be the one to get rid
2: of? I thought you were gonna reference her crazy theories about like the parentage of Barbara Gordon because you guys went on for on, on Rocker, and those episodes saying that like I
0: think it makes sense.
2: Leslie Thompkins <laughs> <Leslie Thompson laughs> <and Prince laughs> impregnates Jim Gordon. He just works with, and you think that like uh, Lee Thompson Young is going to be uh, Barbara's real mother?
0: Why do you keep Lee Thompson Young is dead? May his soul rest. Was
2: well, also a shorthand for Leslie Tompkins, who, who decides to go by the name Lee because oh, okay. Leslie Tompkins in this show is, is a is a hot Brazilian woman and not an, an elderly woman, an elderly social worker, which I have major problems with, but I'm not going to go into it.
1: So Gertrude Cobblepot in the scene where Jim Gordon go, <laughs> and the scene where Jim Gordon goes to Penguin to ask for a favor, Dawn, what do you think?
2: Um, I didn't have a problem with Gordon going to, to, to Penguin, and I thought, you know, Penguin's like, oh, uh, yeah. I like the fact that Penguin is still, uh, you know, feeling that he can help Gordon, and he has a positive image of Gordon, but I like because Penguin has, you know, kind of risen up in the ranks, that has negative, con- negative repercussions, so I, I, I did like that.
1: And then, you know, that being followed up with the scene at the end where Gordon realizes that, um... A man's family was tortured.
2: That was um, great. That was that was that yeah. was really good. That, that, that was like you know a consequence that you might not expect, but it makes total sense, and it was nuanced.
1: I just love like how the other guy was completely broken down and like desperate in his begging, um, like and just like it, the way that it just escalated and escalated, and Gordon like the horrified look on his face. Coming, you know, just minutes after the victory that he had. Uh, that was one of my favorite moments, actually, of the season so far, truth be told.
2: Yeah, I think that, like, um, Gordon has been so righteous. And ev- everything he's done has ultimately been, like, the right thing to do. So this scene it's like, maybe this wasn't the right thing to do. Maybe going about this was the wrong way. And maybe this whole, you know, fighting crime in Gotham is more complicated than he's giving the city credit for. So it was it was nice kind of like, you know, have him um, kind of like, not not exactly hoisted by his own petard, but, you know, kind of like uh, his his whole moral code thrown in his face to say, well, you know, look what that got you. Well, it reminds me of what I thought
1: was originally going on with Jason Bard in Batman Eternal before they revealed that Jason Bard was evil all along, where like um, Jason Bard was trying to clean up Gotham. Like in the process of cleaning up Gotham, he wound up like dipping into the dark side himself when he had like Penguin kill a bunch of Falcone's men. What <laughs> I'm just realizing, like the parallels, like in Batman Eternal, there legitimately was like a Penguin versus like you know, Falcone like thing going on for a little while, but because like you know, Penguin didn't look like Robin Lord Taylor, it wasn't until saying it out loud that I realized just some of those similarities.
2: Oh, I'm sure that was a, that was a complete coincidence.
1: Well, it, it was it was before Gotham premiered that I think that that part happened.
0: Man, I well, first of all, let me just say I m- I mentioned uh, Gemma in um, Sons of Anarchy, and I just wanted to say that uh, fans of Sons of Anarchy will also uh, recognize Rat was the uh, the 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 guy there that 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 police officer. I I couldn't tell. He looked so shaggy when I went, which is how he looked in Sons of Anarchy, anyways. That I thought, hey, that looks like Rat, and I couldn't tell when he was slammed up against the car or anything, but it was. So there you go. So another connection to Sons of Anarchy. Um, let's see here. Let me think about this. I <laughs> part of me thinks it was a little too much the way that he was begging. Um, I understand like what he went through and everything. But uh, I don't know. It just seemed like actually genuflecting um, seemed like, well, th- this seems a little overplayed. I mean, just telling him to stop or whatever, you know, I did what you wanted is uh, one thing. But, but I think there's like a difference between concern and, and, uh, and, and groveling. Uh, so I did have a, a bit of a problem with that. Jim not knowing what's going on and then the, the slow realization turning into subtle horror. I think this is also, it's a big turning point for him, and it almost, it does remind one of Eternal, just because are you willing to get the job done for the greater good, but sacrifice some of your moors and and your, your ethical beliefs? By doing it in a bit of a sketchy way, and while he not necessarily was one hundred percent to blame, the fact that he did ask Penguin to do this, and and I think in the back of his mind he knew that something could happen. He, you he know, knew he the still risks. is, yeah. And uh, so this is a big, and and I'm wondering how I feel like this is. A, there's going to be some consequences for this, not necessarily with Rat, but uh, you know, involving that. But I just feel like. Have we crossed this bridge that we're not going to cross back? And is is this a big point where uh, Jim is going to play slightly dirty in order to have overall good results? Uh, I feel like this is a big turning point in some way, and I'm hoping that it's addressed somehow. I think it would be a shame to not explore that.
1: Before we wrap up, what do we think about the unaddressed cliffhangers from last week, um, like not seeing you know, Lee Tompkins or... Falcone and Maroney, and to a lesser extent, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Keene?
2: Um, I I'm don't not, I'm care about not seeing Maroney. <laughs> I, don't, I'm not the, I, don't, I don't love his scenes each time he shows up. Uh, same, if, well, I was disappointed that like, if they're not going to have Falcone, you know, at all trying to kill Fish, then I guess, you know, might as well not show him at all. Um, I, I guess they could have done more with uh, Leslie Tompkins, but. Because you, you you mentioned that this is, this does take place, place immediately after that last scene, so I not guess, immediately. Like were, were, were I, they, were they I feel was, like it was. Were they calling him away for this case or not? I, I, I
1: this is not They called him that there's a shootout at Fish Mooney's, but like the case he was covering was the narcotics murders.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's the same day, perhaps the same hour, but it doesn't transition. So I mean, I don't think you can argue. If you had seen him walk out of the locker room and there's no interaction, I think you could complain. But I think the fact that he's at the crime scene obviously tells us that some time has passed.
2: Oh, I complain! I was kind of confused because I was just trying to remember how, how that ended. But I—I uh, I mean, there were like—I like, wasn't—I wasn't begging for anything. Uh, I've I mentioned everything important. I wasn't begging for any uh, resolution to those, those characters as how the story presented was uh, carried along here, so that was fine.
0: Did, was it Backroll or the Oracle? I don't even remember what the... Uh,
2: what your show's called?
0: Uh, yeah, whatever that little thing is that I do that's getting up to 100. <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> I just feel like I've turned you into this terrible shade of myself that I complain about. I'm just, I don't know. So I spit venom on uh, this particular character. But my gosh, Barbara Keen, <laughs> Just she's a dead-end character. Why do Whoa. I care what she's doing at a parent's house? She's probably lapping it up in the seat of luxury, swimming, drinking some hot Mai Tais, you know, all those sorts of things. If there's one
2: thing people that like, people want to see more of, it's rich people enjoying being rich.
0: Yeah, you bet. Yeah, we're gonna get back to it at some point. We didn't need the tertiary uh, storyline of her downward spiral. Um, as for Falcone Moroni, yeah, I, I, I mean it's a it's a necessary storyline, but I think that it's fine that it's sacrificed for this stuff. Uh, it looks like Moroni is going to be spot lit. spotlighted in the next episode and i think carmine like i said i think besides liza he's not going to get his hands dirty with this sort of stuff so we're going to see his minions more than that so i think it's really good decisions and like i said about the timeline skip with uh with leslie um i'm i'm fine with all of that i think don't you i i understand where you're coming from like hey we had these big things or like minory big things but don't you think it would have been overcrowded had all of that stuff been in here
1: well and then what what i would have done is like Maybe the flash storyline would be the next episode and, you know, and then you move Scarecrow down and uh, – because I think you could have done a whole episode just like playing – you know, like playing off of what happened last week with, you know, Fish getting tortured and escaping and dealing with Penguin. So that's uh, the main action? Begging your pardon?
0: That's the main action?
1: That would, be the- ma- that would be the main action, you know. All of the flash and like narcotic scenes – Because I think Falcone, like could have also dealt with the lieutenants that were on Fish's side. Because he said like, you know, they're all against me. And he he promised that he was like back badder than ever. We could have had Maroney like I don't know like dealing with Penguins. It looks like they're gonna go like camping next episode or something. Like the way that that scene is like, it looks like they're in a cabin. Like you know, like they went fishing for the weekend. But, yeah, I mean, I liked the Flash storyline. And, in fact, I liked how, like, it was less of a villain of the week type thing and more of, like, you know, corruption within the police force. Um, so I like that the show is getting, you know, more into that. But, yeah, we could have done, you know, the – and and even, like, Jim and Leslie dealing with their relationship because, you know, love or hate Barbara, Jim is coming off of an engagement and an engagement that ended without any closure so,
2: and how long has he known Leslie, really? Because there was that one episode—a week—and then, the, and the next episode is like, you know, well, I sure was here, and I helped on that last case, and he rushes up and can, okay. I'm I'm not denying that there's an attraction, but it feels really—I mean, even if there's attraction, it feels incredibly sudden for the circumstances that he's going through.
1: Stella, what if they play that song from the end of Smallville season two when Clark and Lana were kissing, and Chloe catches them? The like. You can't run. Yes, Yeah, so, so yeah. Jim and Leslie kiss, and then Barbara sees it.
2: We would all and laugh at Barbara because no one on the face of the universe likes Barbara King <laughs> Tonight on a fresh episode of Gotham.
1: <laughs> you were kissing her, Jim. Yeah, I was. What are you going to do about it? You, we were on a break.
0: <laughs> we didn't talk about Ivy.
1: I, I thought about that like ten minutes yeah. ago thinking like man we haven't really mentioned Ivy but is there anything to mention with Ivy? Like she showed up.
2: She's probably she like, like the least impactful character of all. Because like yeah, you know, I know she yeah, she's there, but she's she she she's probably one of those characters be, you know, this sure is poison Ivy, you guys. She doesn't really do anything.
1: Careful, Bruce. She has the she looks like she has the mange.
2: <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs>
1: Yeah, her acting was a little better this episode than like because I thought that like her acting was like, this. Year, oh no, I'm just cold is all. In um, oh I forget the name of the episode. I, I think it so. was um whatever the name of that episode was. The one the 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 first one. Oh, Rogues Gallery. Rogues Gallery. Why was that even episode called Rogues Gallery?
0: I don't know. It sounds like a flash episode.
1: I know. It's like I'm realizing that like the episode was kind of nonsensical. Like and even though this episode was called Welcome Back Jim Gordon, I thought that that would have been a better name for the last episode, but oh well. That was Welcome Back Jim Gordon and next week's episode is called The Fearsome Dr. Crane, is that it?
0: What? No. no it's called The Scarecrow.
1: <laughs> no, I think The Scarecrow is the week after next week. I don't know. Don, uh... you have Don, you have next week's episode on um this on the list.
2: After Jonathan Crane and John Grayson, you know, both quit the series. Okay. Uh,
1: t- I thought you were serious for a second. I was like, what?
2: God knows I might be. Uh, okay, the next episode is the fearsome. Uh, titled... Episode 14, The Fearsome Dr. Crane. Fish Mooney takes back her power on an all-new Gotham Monday, February 2nd on Fox. Fish Mooney reveals the secret of Oswald Cobblepots, prompting Barone to take him on a trip to test his loyalty. Meanwhile... Gordon and Bullock hunt down a killer who targets his victims with severe phobias, and Bruce Wayne confronts Gordon for failing to make progress on his parents' murder case. In the all-new The Fearsome Dr. Crane episode of Gotham, airing Monday, February 2nd, 8, 9 p.m. Eastern Pacific on Gotham. On Gotham? Oh, on Fox.
1: (laughs) It's its own network now. (laughs) You're watching Fox. Okay, so it, I guess Fish is not going to, like, disappear for long.
2: I don't like... Do these writers have any idea how to build suspense? Come on. Like, I'm, I'm done being nice. Like, like if, if oh. you were to take her out of the city... You think that was nice?
0: Yeah, ma- I know, right?
2: Make it worth... Spa- you think that was
1: nice? What, am I wrong? Do you disagree with me? Like... No, 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 no. I'm teasing you because of that Bullock thing, like, in
2: an episode. You think you are careful? Yeah, I know, but, like... Uh, it's like... Okay, I'm going to leave Bullock and I'm not going to come back until I come back to get uh, the penguin. Next episode, Fish comes back to get the penguin. Why should we be excited <laughs> That's
1: what it literally
2: is! <laughs> like, I, like, th- 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 I'm sorry, this, this is just inept. It's like there's no sense of tension, there's no sense of building suspense, there's no sense of, like, you know, making these characters worthwhile. They have to appear in every episode and pretend they're going to do something. That, that, I, I find that annoying.
1: I wouldn't mind fish like not showing up for a while but maybe she doesn't actually go to gotham maybe she contacts Maroni via like you know telephone or something
2: from her uh penthouse suite apartment she's gonna she's gonna
1: move in with barb with um with poison ivy and selena kyle and barbara king's apartment like by by the end of this of the series like everyone is going to live in that apartment
2: whatever this <laughs> is I don't care anymore.
1: I, I'm guessing that Fish is going to tell Moroni. Um, at first I thought, oh, he's going to tell Maroni about the mother, but it's like, no, Maroni already knows Penguin has the mother, so I guess it's going to be about the Falcone thing.
0: seems a little dangerous to be um, putting all the cards out on the table. I think he's shown his hand a little too soon.
1: And what do we think of that little 30-second preview for next week?
2: Uh, if that guy that they showed there is, Jonathan Crane, he's... Significantly older than most of the cast. He's, um... So probably the father. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not.
1: But, like, the Scarecrow is gonna be, like, Scarecrow's dad.
2: Oh, they did do something kind of like that in The Dark Knight in New 52. Mm-hmm. So that's... remember he
0: was tragic. Tra- all villains have tragic, uh, pasts with their parents. It's very sad.
2: Yeah, they do. I don't know if it's sad, but it's a thing. <laughs> um... That's that's interesting, though. All
1: right. So that was um, Gotham Chronicle for this week. Join us next week where um, I will be in North Carolina hiding, you know, in the ski Alps. So it's just going to be Don and Stella. Join Don and Stella next week for the fearsome Dr. Crane. Until then, this is Josh. This is Donovan.
0: And this is Stella.
1: And you have been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Steve, hello Hello
0: I didn't know you were going to be on here I feel like leaving now
1: But <laughs> why? Tell him, Stella Tell him everything that you've been telling me These last few weeks about him It's okay. time he hurt. It's time huh?
0: Well, I'm <laughs> just kidding, Nana We're joking, of course
2: I don't know what to believe anymore <laughs> Or are we? <sighs> it's a Mexican standoff off of friends Turned frenemies <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to explain where I was but <laughs> just...
0: With a woman of course, right?
2: Yeah, I was a North Carolina with a woman like, You guys made sure to like make me sound <laughs> No, he it's went to a
1: chateau with Bruce and Alfred <laughs> I, just... <laughs> I sold him the snow globe <laughs> Yeah, he stole the snow globe from you Because you betrayed him he wasn't crying over Selena, he was crying over you. Like, I can't believe Don stole me this crappy snow globe. He said it would make Selena fall in love with me. It's
2: actually, actually, um. Is there audio playing in the background? Uh, no. no. No, 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 no! no, no, no. Talk about that. It's, it's really
0: weird. for the. Because <laughs> I don't have anything. My browser is closed off. Nothing is on. No, no,
1: no, 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 no! no. This, this is for the. Del is like in like a, a like a soundproof room with like padded walls. She is determined. I she like, is...
0: nothing. Yeah, nothing. I, I'm on no, my couch. This... My eyes are closed. I'm facing the wall. Like nothing's happening. You're facing the wall. So if something happens, it is not me. Yes, please ask your question, my stuttering friend. <laughs> Welcome back, Charlie! Okay,
2: what's up,
1: yeah? Oh, I was doing a very Um, Don Donovan, how did you feel about Fla- I think you already said, didn't you, Donovan? No, I didn't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, I,
1: I, I, I whoops.
0: <laughs> Your opinion's so appreciated here, Donovan. We can't even remember when you said <laughs>
1: You screamed. weren't here, just like Lee and, and Keen were, so. <laughs> yeah. Screw those two characters.
2: Um... I I I, I was deeply offended. Um. Well, she was
0: on Phineas and Ferb. (laughs) Who was she? Uh, it says Nana Shapiro. Oh, okay. Additional voices.
1: Um, that's um. So she must be the grandmother of Isabella. Which is Isabella is uh, Phineas's love interest. Isabella's Shapiro like. I don't know, but like basically, um, like there's a character on Phineas and Ferb who's like Mexican and Jewish, and then there's an episode where like she goes to the Mexican Jewish cultural festival, where like there's a bunch of Mexican Jews. It was they, hilarious. They, they,
2: they get into like like race in that cartoon. Of course. I, I don't watch... Seriously, I don't watch... <laughs> yes, the Mexican-Jewish cultural... It, it
1: was all, like, played for satire. Like, there's, like, people in, like, sombreros playing with dreidels.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I, I don't know how to respond to that. I, I think... Oh, my light went off.
0: Into subtle horror is, uh... It was it was good acting. Sorry, I, like you know, can play you see? By, can I see?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh well. No.
0: No, I mean it, the the room is illuminated.
1: She can see me. in the um, dark. Yeah, exactly. I can see the man who killed that
0: those people that apparently are important for some reason. What people? Um. Did you drop? Are we all here?
2: Where? Where is he?
0: Hello. <laughs> Tony? Can you hear me?
2: Hey, hey!
1: My my brother just my brother just tried to call him. When it does that, it puts oh. Skype on hold. Uh, the good brother, not the one that used to live here. So here. I'll have to call.
0: Now you're referring to one good and one is no epithet whatsoever.
1: Well, I, I have four brothers. Um, two. But only of them one brilliant. of them's good. Um, two of them are good. Almost three, you know, because yep. one of them, is of them. kind of, them, of two of them are actually related to you. Only one of them is blood related to me, though. Oh, I thought you had two. You, you have just, just Sarah and, and the firefighter? Sarah and the firefighter. Well, JT's... Well, they're both kind of firefighters. Um, <laughs> I have a stepbrother. Okay, anyway.
0: <laughs> Let's talk the about Bert- family the tree. The Bertoni family tree.
1: Like, yeah. okay, hold on. I'm trying to remember. What, what were we on? We were talking about... Oh, yeah. Uh, the main the action
0: was... So this is John. Why are you going to be here?
1: I'm on my cruise next week. Oh. We talked about this, right? Uh... I totally spoke to
2: both of you about this. Well, I, I, I remember, but I'm, I'm just I'm just nervous in talking to Stella. When, when I don't I don't ever do that.
0: Gosh, we don't care to do that? Um, we need a we need a um, what are those called? A chaperone. We can't. This is like improper.
1: What? <laughs> I'll get the dowager countess. <laughs>
2: but we're both grown grown adults. Speak for yourself.
0: Okay, continue with your exit.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, so join uh, Don and Stella next week when they discuss <laughs> the Fierce
0: the- Maybe.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <You're- laughs> Stop. There's something gonna what come you- out next I- week. I-, I
1: I think we're all just tired tonight. Like <laughs> I am
0: tired. Why is something happening that I'm not aware of?